Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode, where we're going to continue to run through the mailbag. We've still got a bunch of questions uh, that we've been wanting to hit, and we'll continue to, to knock over here in the next week or so as we roll through and also build up to training camp only a few weeks away. Pretty ridiculous to think about. Uh, before we jump into the questions, Frank, I just thought I'd bring up the Bucks All Access YouTube video that they've got up on the Bucks YouTube page right now. You can check that out. Uh, I watched it for the first time last night, so I hadn't actually gone back and watched that. Um, I can just say that my excuse was probably to uh, just let it all settle a little bit and then be reminded by all sorts of little things. Uh, that came up in that uh, in that over hour long, basically feature movie on the Bucks, basically from when they got on the plane, leaving Phoenix to the celebrations in the locker room after the game. But I just thought it was awesome. Nick Monroe, who we've had on this podcast before, a great fella, always looked after me in Milwaukee. Him and the the digital crew have just done a fantastic job over the last year or so. Robbie Heimbrick, I'm going to say it's Heimbrick. I'm going to say that's how you pronounce his last name. But either way, I know Rob is has done a lot of work, particularly with the all-access videos. Also a fantastic bloke. And uh, I just wanted to bring it up because I'm sure that you've seen it, Frank. Uh, did you have any major thoughts or takeaways when you think about watching that? Because uh, it's probably one of those things that I reckon Bucks fans will go back and watch time and time again over the next year and, and beyond. Yeah, my uh, the handful of us um, Bucks fans in Austin that I have watched games with, we were discussing you know, getting together sometime later this summer and watching, uh, you know, game six or game five, or I would probably throw that into the mix as well, just as like a, you know, kind of collective celebration um, and and kind of a hindsight thing, right, to enjoy some of those games or, you know, some of that without the stress of that you get when watching it live. And um, I, I would just echo your, your comments on the All Access. I watched it. Um, you know, a couple of days after it came out. And then, um, I, I don't know if you remember, but, but Dean Maniat linked to a, I think it's about a three minute, three, four minute clip, which is sort of the end of it, um, that I think the Bucks had, uh, had put on the very, very social feeds. And, um, that the end is, is basically kind of a, a splicing of some stuff Giannis said when he was signing his extension last December and you know it's it's video that was taken by the Bucks team you know social team like in, you know in the room as he was getting ready to sign right so it wasn't the, the press conference but um but he had you know some things to say and and they spliced in you know some video of when Drew signs his his extension and you know his I'm a, I'm a buck for life comment and then you know weaving in kind of key moments from 
the playoffs and there's this just perfect piano scoring to all of it. And, um, you know, I, I have, uh, been, I think, I think I've been open about how emotional I got on the night of game six being in the building. I mean, it, it didn't matter where I was, if I was, you know, watching it in a bar in Antarctica, I would have, you know, been, been tearing up, um, at the end of that game once, once it, you know, the reality of the Bucks winning a championship hit. But, um, but I rewatched that, that specific clip maybe a week and a half after the game. And uh, I, I, I started tearing up again. I mean, it, it really was just so, so perfectly done. And um, I don't know, it's, it's kind of funny to look back uh, on, on all the, the craziness of, of this playoff run and this, this past season. And um I feel like they will always, to, to an extent, I'll, I feel like I'll always be able to, I hope, kind of dial up kind of the um, the emotional reaction that that it that I felt as it was happening. It, it's it's just cool that that even here a couple weeks, two, three, four weeks now after it happened, um, that I at least for me, I, I still feel like I can I can go back to that place and and you know kind of feel how special it was. So yeah, five stars. Highly recommend uh, uh, checking that out if you haven't, and um, I, I definitely will be revisiting it, especially that last uh, that that clip. I'm going to try to find that clip and and probably t- tweet it out just if, uh, if people don't have time to watch the full full hour long video because that that last piece is just it's just so perfect. So I said that, and when I tweeted this out as I was watching, I said that it gave me a real feel that I was there. It, it was really for someone that wasn't there. It gave you a, a really good insight. I thought just to more than anything, the atmosphere inside Fiserv Forum, which sometimes you can't fully grasp when you're watching on TV, even though I could tell that the building was obviously rocking and, and people were going crazy. Uh, the sound was just different in this video when you sort of get it from uh, the floor level there and, and the way the crowd was responding through that game. It was awesome. So that was the big takeaway from me, but it does sort of lean into a question here from uh, Will C at Thrill Will ninety five on Twitter, and he said, "What's your guys? Holy crap! They might actually do this moment uh, for him. It was Game Seven in Brooklyn, and I actually had a moment of I, w- I don't know whether anxiety is the right word because obviously I know how the story was going to end, but I don't know if you remember this, Frank. But uh, we've noted this before. If there's one guy on the Bucks roster that." 100% of the time always knows where the camera is. It's Mamadi Diakite. <laughs> and at the end of the first quarter, and I, I mean, this is how much this game six, and I'm, I agree with you, I'm going to go back and watch some of these games, but this is why I think it was all such a blur to me because I completely f- forgot. It was almost like gone from my memory completely that the Bucks were leading by 13 after the first quarter and then losing at halftime. But the one thing we saw in this uh, clip or, or this movie, this All Access, was Diakite doing the Vince Carter, it's over at the end of the first quarter to the camera. And of course, 10 minutes later, they're losing the game. And as someone who is, you know, just very anxious about sports karma and not jinxing things, uh, Diakite, I'm sure there's a lot of footage of him that the Bucks digital team has that they probably don't want to reveal, whether it's games that they've lost or things that he said or stuff like that. Um, but obviously now we can laugh about it. But as far as holy crap, they might actually do this moment. Uh, I didn't really have one until about five minutes to go in game six. I'm not really wired that way. I, was, I, was, I thought game seven was awesome. I was happy they uh, moved on. I thought the path opened up a little bit. But 
yeah, I think I've said this before. I didn't really think they were winning the title until they did it. All right, let's get back to talking about our great friends over at Sweatblock. And in particular, we are discussing the Sweatblock wipes, which you've heard me talk about over the last couple of days if you listen to the show. But the Sweatblock wipes are doctor created and doctor recommended. They work for up to seven days per use. And there is a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back because we know there are a few things in life that aren't fun to talk about. And one of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you are sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? So we've all been there before. And with Sweatblock, it's stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. So you can get involved. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. And then we can talk about Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension free. Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. It's as quiet as an electric toothbrush, whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to Therabody dot com slash locked on right now and get your gen 4 theragun today that's therabody that's t-h-e-r-a-b-o-d-y dot com slash locked on therabody.com slash locked on yeah it's hard i mean <clears throat> honestly the first thing i i thought of is something that I've, i think i've mentioned at some point here on the podcast but the, the idea of the Milwaukee Bucks winning a championship was, for me, the most abstract thing for literally decades. Um, even when they went to the East Finals in 2001, I, I was not really, and again, I was in college at the time. I mean, I don't remember all the details of my you know emotions day to day during the playoff run, but... Um, but I didn't really think that they, I know, I know they beat the Lakers twice that year, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, it never felt to me like, oh my God, the Bucks, Bucks will win a championship, you know? And maybe the part of that's because, you know, that was like year 10 of my Bucks fandom and I was still pretty young and, you know, I, I didn't have maybe the same scars. So when they lost it, it didn't feel like, oh man, this chance at a championship, it was so close and now it's gone. I, I didn't really process it that way. I'm sure some people did. And it really wasn't until, ironically, of all things, the Nikola Mirotic trade uh, that I felt like the Milwaukee Bucks could win a, an NBA championship. And I realize I'm jumping back, you know, three seasons to, I guess it was spring of 2019 when that happened. And I, and I still distinctly remember being at a client site, riding down an elevator right before lunch and seeing it on my phone and getting off the elevator to go into the lobby and thinking, Bucks. Bucks could actually win a championship like the, this, this could happen. Right. I mean, and they had at the time they had the best record in the league. It's not like, you know, they were a four seed or something and, and this trade like turned them into a juggernaut. Right. I mean, they already were really good, but even then it felt like oh, they can't, they can't beat the warriors. Right. You know, like, it's just like, even if they could get out of the East, they can't beat the warriors. So that's kind of like when, I mean, to me, that's when sort of everything 
like my whole way of thinking about the bucks and expectations and the pressure of, of title hopes that to me, that's when everything kind of fundamentally changed and everything became, to be honest, a lot more stressful as a fan um, from that point on. Cause before that it was like, Oh, let's just win a playoff series. Right. I mean, you, you, you've joked about that, right. That during the kid era and, and before that, and before, I mean, really all that time between the 2001 team and, and the Bud era was really just like, Oh, can they win a playoff series? Right. That winning a championship was just kind of that impossible dream. I think for this year, I definitely started to, you know, entertain the idea of, of a championship. Um, probably, I mean, I thought about it during the season, but I, I, it was hard for me to really believe in it just because, you know, this, this team just during the regular season, I mean, it was, you know, they didn't really put it together in ways that I thought made you feel like, Oh yeah, they figured it out. Right. I mean, we've talked about like, it's not like they discovered their PJ Tucker light lineups. They weren't really successful with, with PJ. They didn't really have much after the trade. Obviously a lot of their other kind of numbers were down relative to the year before. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think in, in that net series, um, that's when it kind of really started, probably started to become a bit real. Um, Cause I, I think, I think, you know, the idea of beating the nets, you know, it was a pretty common idea that like whoever wins that series might just be the, the favorites to win the, the title. I think that was a pretty common thing that a lot of people were, were starting to think. So um, I maybe, maybe it is game seven where it felt like, man, this could really happen. Um, and ironically, probably not so much more so then maybe than even um, after game six of the East finals, just because I still just felt like, well, Giannis isn't going to be, he's not going to be back for game one. And even if he's back early in that series, he's going to be, you know, a lesser version of himself and the Suns are really good. So I, I just, I had a hard time really thinking it was going to happen um, going into that Sun series. And I think, you know, I didn't really believe that this could happen. I, I couldn't really allow myself to think that really until the clock hit zero on game five. Cause at that point I bought, I bought, I bought tickets to, to fly home to see game six. So um, that's when I sort of started to allow myself to, to really, you know, think, Hey, this, this is, this is really, this should happen. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think in the fourth quarter, honestly, throughout a lot of that fourth quarter, it felt like it had to happen in, in a weird way. Like I was still super paranoid, but it, like when Bobby Porter's hit those two like baseline shots early in that fourth quarter and the Suns just could not get over the hump. Um, I don't know. It just felt like it was kind of faded at that point. And, um, I don't know. So, so yeah, I mean, part of me is just like, I kind of like you or I, I couldn't really believe it until it happened, but um, there was something about that feeling in the fourth quarter with first the Portis plays and then Giannis just, you know, just not letting them lose. And then Chris hitting those two huge shots where it, I don't know, it, it did just feel like somehow this was going to happen and the Suns just didn't feel like they were, they really were going to put it together. But um but was I like super confident and not nervous? hundred percent. No, <laughs> you know, I was still super paranoid until really probably, you know, um, Chris hits that shot um, with what 49 seconds left or whatever it was. I think to put him up six again, I think. And then I think it was after that Booker missed the three, I think that might've been the progression. Then it was like, Oh my God, you know, this, this is, this is happening. And uh, 
yeah, that's when I started to, that's definitely when I started to feel emotional and they had to start fouling and it, it started to feel real. So anyway, that's my three-year journey of when I thought the Bucks were going to win the championship. Yes. Uh, I think you hit on a pretty important point there though, that if you are a fan, I think the, the pressure of expectations, I've spoken about it before, but it does change the dynamic a lot, particularly when you are looking through regular season and you know back in 2019 I was like okay this team is winning a lot this is fun this is awesome but then as the years go on it's gradually like okay well what does that mean for the playoffs like can we actually win a championship is this going to be another letdown so um, I think it's it's uh, a pretty correct way that you put that there Uh, the next question is a little more I would say present or or looking ahead to what we think the Bucks are going to do yesterday we spoke about Brooke Lopez a lot and potentially what his contract situation would be moving forward or how we think he's going to continue to age as one of the most important players in the team. So if you missed the Brooke Lopez chat, go back to yesterday's pod. But this question comes from uh, Malcontent on Twitter. It says, Dante, Grayson, do you see the Bucks extending either or both or letting them go to restricted free agency and matching? Uh, he says, I oh, know this is a ways out. He also just adds Bucks are world champs. So just like typing that. I don't think that's going to. I don't think that's going to get old anytime soon. But this is, uh, and it's interesting. I think you might have brought up something similar of this nature going back a week or so ago, or after the trade. So I might just be stealing your take here. But when I did look at Dante and then Grayson and then the uncertainty, really with both in terms of what they could project to be long term, but also particularly when it comes to Dante, the injury. Uh, that we don't know how that's going to impact him going forward. But let's also remember, it's not just this current injury that he has with the foot slash ankle. He's been pretty injury prone uh, since coming into the league. There's no doubt about that. I I think that by trading for Grayson Allen, not only do they give themselves a little bit of Dante insurance right now and potentially a guy that can slot into the starting lineup, but they do projecting ahead. Now you look at it and say, okay, well, there's two guys that could potentially be restricted free agents. Maybe one of them's a little bit cheaper than the other. After a year of them playing with each other, you get a good look at them and maybe you make a decision. Uh, is there really that much difference in the upside for these guys moving forward? And maybe it's just, a, again, a bit of insurance for a, a really solid rotation guy that you think you can carry with you moving forward. I, I don't know if you have any takes on this, but I guess one aspect I was thinking about looking at this question through or one lens I was lo- looking at, um, taking a, a look at is with Dante, what you think Right now, given what we know about the injury, and it'll probably change if he comes back and has a good season, what would the market even be for a guy like Dante DiVincenzo right now? You know what time it is, Frank. It's Built Bar time now, where we are just continuing to celebrate freedom of choice. Ah, I love Built Bar, Frank. You know that. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites just like me. My favorite happens to be Coconut. Justin Garcia... Not so much. Not a big coconut fan, but that's okay because if you're not, there's plenty of other options for you to run through there. I've mentioned them before, but I'll go through a couple here. Raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Uh, They are all there. There's nine delicious flavors. If uh, If you don't know which one you want, get a mix box. And... Uh, They're healthy for you too, which is obviously a pretty key ingredient. If you want a snack, you've got to be going with the Built Bar. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Just go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at Built.com. And it's betonline.ag time. 
It never ends. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action because that sport is not slowing down. Baseball season is in full swing. The Brewers are on a rampage. It would be a help if Christian Yelich could get going a little bit. Can we get this guy going? Let's get the MVPs of Wisconsin in, uh, in their best form heading towards the postseason. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, so um, I got asked this question um, uh, in uh, on Twitter the other day. Um, user Obelisk in sneakers, uh, bucks in six or seven, asked me. You know, he said, "Yikes, Josh Hart gets gets three for thirty eight. You know, what does that mean for a healthy Dante?" And um, <clears throat> my reaction was, you know, over the past year or so pre injury, I was sort of thinking, well, honestly, I mean that that's that probably is more or less kind of the market for Dante and, and, you know, if he had had a good year and played, stayed healthy and been a big part of the Bucks winning a championship, then, you know, his agent's probably asking for 15 or $16 million a year, right? Which um, when you look at the Bucks kind of contract structure and the tax and all that, I mean, I'm sure the Bucks are <coughs> probably not too thrilled about the idea of, you know, paying Dante that much money, just given the, the multiplying effect um, it would have on on their tax situation. So uh, I think the injury, you know, John Horse said in, in his media availability a couple of weeks ago that, you know, it's not an injury that they expect him to, you know, that they would believe would reduce his effectiveness, you know, coming back from it, that he wouldn't recover from it. I have no idea. I'll take that at face value. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm a bit nervous about it, right? He's obviously a guy who's dependent on his athleticism and, is you know phys- kind of it's like a, it's like a different kind of physicality, but you know he throws himself around. He is very reliant on um, you know his mobility, obviously, to to be as effective as he is. So um, I, I think it's not surprising that he hasn't been extended this summer. And you know a year ago they obviously were content to put him in that package for Bogdanovich, which I think as we've said is probably more about the the value that they saw in Bogdanovich than necessarily like you know, thinking Dante's not good or not worth keeping. I mean, you know, he's obviously now been the starter. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't get the sense that the Bucks are, you know, sold on Dante as, as a long-term guy that they have to keep, that they have to match any offer sheet on next summer. Um, I think the Grayson Allen deal is, you know, you can look at it two ways. You can say, well, it, it makes sense because Dante's, I mean, no indication he's going to be ready anywhere close to, the regular season. So if he's out until, you know, you can kind of do some of the math on, on the estimated ranges. Is he out till January, February? Um, you know, that's a huge part of the season and uh, it makes sense that you'd want to have cover for him during the season and, and acquire somebody that can kind of paper over his absence, you know, if he's missing half the year. So on the one hand, you can say, well, it's, it's not because, you know, they didn't acquire Grayson Allen because they want to get rid of Dante. But the fact that they're both restricted free agents in the same summer, creates an obvious, you know, I think choice there that, that you would imagine they're going to choose one over the other. And, um, you know, I think Dante being a starter on a really good team, um, being a guy that obviously, um, has had Bud's confidence. I, 
I would imagine his agents were looking for something in the order of, of that Josh Hart contract, 10 plus million a year. And, you know, with the injuries, we don't know how, if he's going to have a ramp up when he comes back, is he going to be starting when he comes back or is he going to be a bench guy? You know, all these questions um, are certainly pointing in the direction of his market, you know, very well likely being more limited next summer than it would have been if he'd been healthy. And so I, I think in all honesty, I, I think, you know, basically the Grayson trade is, is sort of a, a hedge and it gives them the opportunity to, to a, you know, if there's a trade at the deadline next, next, uh, you know, February, where they can maybe add a different type of depth if they feel like they have enough depth at the guard position with both those guys hopefully being healthy by that point, then they could move one of those guys in a, you know, kind of roster rebouncing move, or they keep both of them and then they have some optionality to, you know, see what, what restricted free agency looks like, look like. And, you know, they're not going to sign both those guys to $10 million a year contracts. That just, I don't think that just makes much sense. Um, you know, assuming that, that they are going to be somewhat constrained um, financially. Right. And again, we don't, we, we don't need to worry about the owner's pocketbooks, but just thinking realistically about, you know, what they're likely to do. I, I just wouldn't foresee that they would want to pay both those guys knowing that one of them would be, you know, a bench role player basically. So, and the other would be a role playing starter. You know, it's not like either of them is, is really going to be a star type type player. So, um, so yeah, I mean, my prediction is one of these guys will probably be on the team uh, going into the, the 22, 23 season and most likely very much, most likely not both. And, you know, I think um, the challenge there is if, if you know which one you like better, then the obvious, you know, uh, inclination would be to, to potentially look at, at trading the other one um, by the deadline, right? So you're not basically just letting somebody walk and, you know, again, I mean, could you sign and trade the other guy or something like that? Yeah, I guess. But um, I, I don't know that either of those guys is going to, like, give you a big haul in a sign and trade either. So um, so I'm, I'm definitely curious to see kind of how it works out. And I think, you know, Dante's misfortune is Grayson Allen's big – big opportunity right to to play maybe maybe he starts i don't know i mean uh, we'll, we'll have to see like all right frank we can leave it there for now we've still got so many questions to roll through and uh, we're having fun doing this you guys get to choose the topics that we talk about each day and uh, i always appreciate when you guys reach out and you you enjoy your question being read or the discussion that we have uh, coming from the content you guys provide. So it's all about you guys. It always has been since I took over this show. Uh, So we're going to continue with this. We'll be back tomorrow. Last podcast of the week. Make sure you check that out. We have got some fun stuff coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, There's some salary cap stuff. There's some some really good Bobby Porter stuff. Uh, Just some general silliness that you have to check out there. And, And then how would Giannis be... In the FIBA rules. How would the FIBA rules impact Giannis? We're going to discuss that as well. So it's a fun show to wrap up the week, no doubt about that. But for now, uh, stay safe over there for Frank and myself. Take care. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.